What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the show. I'm your host, Justin D. Barnett. Um, today's guest is Raven Manning. Um, interesting facts about Raven and I specifically is we have a lot in common. Um, Raven's actually a paid search supervisor at Sachi and Sachi, by the way, but she's also a CSUDH alumni, the same school where I just graduated from. Um, she also used to work at the agency where I'm currently at, which is RPA. And in researching her, um, or at least in communication with her, I saw that she has a 951 area code, meaning she's most likely from the Inland Empire, <laughs> just like me. <laughs> and lastly, I, um, in the process of, of speaking with you, I remembered where I initially met you at, mm -hmm. and it was at um, a Breeze a Crowd meeting. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So we're also like a part of the same community mm -hmm. uh, in terms of uh, like ad social meetings. Um, so yeah, we have a lot in common. So Raven, are we like long lost cousins? <laughs> <laughs> Potentially, what's your last name? <laughs> no, but welcome to the show, Raven. Thank you for um, sitting down and doing this with me. Absolutely. I'm uh, very excited to be here. All right. Um, so Raven, you're a paid search supervisor, as I mentioned here at Saatchi and Saatchi in the LA office. Um, can you explain what you do in that role? Uh, yes. So I guess I, I want to start before I get into the supervisor part, just about paid search in general. Mm -hmm. um, with paid search, it's pretty overlooked, uh, I think, with a lot of students um, because everyone's focused on like display and doing these high impact units and video. Um, but at the end of the day, like paid search is very necessary to uh, a lot of the businesses. Um, and the reason that it's really important to a lot of businesses is because it's more lower funnel. And so page search really captures a lot of um, user interest. So um, when you're doing page search, um, it's actually using Google. Um, a lot of people are very aware of Google and Bing and all those major search engines. So what page search does is, is we take companies and we match uh, search queries um, with an ad. So, for instance, someone would type in, like, I current, uh, my current client is Toyota. Mm -hmm. So, for instance, like, if someone types in Toyota Highlander, we would serve that user a Toyota Highlander ad so that we are at the top of the search results page um, so that we're the first in line to kind of answer that, uh, that user's question. Okay. Um, it's really difficult to kind of explain it to people, so I literally just will pull up a Google a search page and say, see that ad up there? <laughs> That's what I do. <laughs> yeah. So so what goes into that? Like how, how does, what's the competitive um, market like with, you know, other? So it's actually, for in automotive, it's one of the most competitive <laughs> um, because we're, there's literally maybe four, there's four slots on like each search. Like there's a lot of other places on second and third pages, but most people don't go to those pages. Yeah. So for, for Toyota and big brands like um, like Toyota, it's really important to make sure you're on that first page. And I think a lot in the automotive industry, like every like the, the way that cars are, like there's not a lot of new people buying cars. Mm -hmm. So like the market overall is really flat. So a lot of the strategy is us just stealing market share from other OEMs. Mm. Um, and OE other OEMs, I mean, like Kia or Honda. Um, so when it comes to paid search, it's we're literally just trying to steal from each other. <laughs> so and with 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 search, like it's it's like an auction time bidding. So we're literally bidding every single for every single auction to see whoever who and whoever wins that auction gets their ad shown above all the others. Yeah. So in that aspect, it's like. It's very competitive. <laughs> and how, how did you get into paid search? Was that a, a, an area that you knew existed prior to getting into it? Or no. To how be... did you discover it? What, what's your story? <laughs> <laughs> to be completely honest, um, no, I didn't know it existed. Um, I was sharing with another coworker earlier that um, a long time ago, I'm dating myself, but I was born before Google was created. <laughs> so um, my godfather actually owned a computer shop. And when Google came out, he was like, yeah, there's this new search engine called Google. <laughs> and you use keywords and stuff to, like, find results. And I was like, oh, that's cool. And I would use it around my friends and be like, oh, yeah, I Googled it. And they're like, Google, what's Google? <laughs> so at that time, I think Ask Jeeves was, like, a really big search engine. Mm -hmm. So um, I almost feel like that's, like, a precursor to my career because now, like, my entire career is based off of Google and Google searches. 
Um, so uh, that's a side story. <laughs> but um, I went to Dominguez Hills and uh, I was in communications, taking advertising classes. And I originally wanted to be in creative. I was like, I want to be a creative director. Um, I love art. I taught myself how to use Photoshop. So I actually started my career as a creative intern. Mm. Um, once I got there, I realized that I'm more of a creative, I have how I feel. Um, I'm not like a workhorse creative. So I just like to wake up and just kind of do things how I feel. But when you're actually working in creative, it's very regimented, like it's very process driven. Um, so I realized um, that's not my thing. <laughs> so, um, but I was doing an internship and I utilized that internship and those uh, relationships I made there to try to like get into different departments. Mm -hmm. And so um, when you're doing creative, like you make the ads, but then I started thinking about like, well, where do these, like who sees these ads and how do we determine who sees these ads? And they're like, oh, that's like what media does. I was like, oh, all right. Mm -hmm. I'll give media a try. So I went over there, just started asking people, um, so what do you guys do? <laughs> Can I help you? And um, they're short staff, like most agencies are. Um, so they were just like really excited for me to help them. And um, I started doing dabbling. I was doing like display buys for a little while. Then I was like, I made friends with the social team. So I started learning a little bit about social. And then like, they're like, oh yeah, this guy works by himself. He does search. And I was like, what? search what what is that so I started helping him do that because to me the golden nugget was um YouTube because <laughs> YouTube is actually owned by Google um and it's actually the second largest search engine um in the world so uh, people don't like look at, at YouTube as a search engine but it is um and so I wanted to do YouTube so I was like I'll help you with YouTube yeah. <laughs> and that kind of spiraled into helping him write ad copy and that spiraled into helping build campaigns. And then I was like, you know what? I like this. <laughs> I like having the control because when I was working in um, digital media, which was like more of the display stuff, um, you work with a lot of partners and they kind of they kind of run the strategy. Like they pr do proposals when it comes to reporting. You're always waiting on them. But with search, you kind of own the, end to, the start to finish uh, process. Like, you're doing the strategy, you're doing the reporting, you're doing the optimizations, you're owning your um, relationship with the client. Like, you get to literally do all of those things um, in one job. Okay. Yeah, for someone who's working in paid search, how can you measure how good of a job you're doing? Mm. Is that possible? So, in terms of, like, the actual campaign or just, like, as a human? Yeah, like, do you measure, <laughs> like, click, clicks? Or... Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, well, there's... <laughs> There's a lot of different ways. We have like front end metric, front front end metrics, yeah. and then we also have back end metrics. So the front end metrics kind of um, measure a user's intent and like uh, and like the keyword that you're bidding on, mm -hmm. and the metric that measures that is called click through rate. Yeah. Um, the reason that's important is because um, on Google impressions are free. Uh, an impression is basically just someone's was exposed to your ad. Mm. Um, and click-through rate tells you of the people who were exposed to your ad, these people clicked on your ad and actually went to your website. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of how we measure front-end metrics, and that just um, measures people's um, intent, matching intent um, with, with their search query. Okay. Um, when it comes to back-end metrics, um, and on a lot of search campaigns are kind of built this way. They look at more back-end metrics um, because those align with site, site actions. So it's like once someone clicks on your ad, um, what are they doing on your site? Um, and so, for for instance, like this because I'm working on Twitter right now. I'll use I'll use automotive as an example. Um, so, like, say someone goes to our site, if they bounce and don't take any site actions, it's like maybe they clicked on accident. Right. You know, so um, we can measure by with with different tags and everything on the web page. We can we can determine like what pages interested people the most. We can make site optimizations based on where they landed and how many actions that they took. So a lot of that information that we find is used as like business analytics um, because we can actually work with the site development teams and say, hey, we're driving a lot of people to the site and this is what, this is what they're doing. Yeah. So, so for the, the person listening who's interested in getting into um, the media department or into paid search, mm -hmm. what type of like skills should they 
have or like what, what should they already be, um, like what program should they be able to use? Mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. what should you be efficient in to, to succeed in this world? Um, I think to be successful in paid search, um, a good knowledge of Excel is definitely going to set you apart. <laughs> um, just in media in general, um, we're very he heavily Excel-based. Um, I think we're trying to move off of Excel a little bit and, and use other tools that other people make. Mm -hmm. um, but um, coming to entry level, your knowledge of Excel is going to be very important. It's also going to make your life a lot easier to like understand and, and digest data. Um, another tool that I would say you should be uh, aware of is just how AdWords and Microsoft Ads work. Um, both of them actually have, if you go to their websites, they have like an, ad, like an academy um, where you can learn and get Google or Microsoft certified for free. Um, and those certifications, you get to keep them. They expire after a year, um, but you can, can you can take them as many times as you want. Uh, and it basically teaches you <laughs> as it's testing you. So um, if you want to get a paid search, like having those certifications under your belt is definitely going to set you apart. Okay, good, good. Useful advice. Um, <laughs> So I want to kind of rewind a little bit. Um, in your story earlier, you mentioned that you started your career in um, creative as an intern. Mm -hmm. And then you mentioned that you kind of figured out that was not what you wanted, and you started um, networking with people in another department. Mm -hmm. Which ways, how did you go about doing that? I literally just inserted myself in people's space. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so my, my internship had ended, and I went through, like, this weird period where, like, it was over, but there was no like defined next step. Um, so one day I just, I was working with a creative director and I just like sat down with him one day. I was like, oh, can I get a meeting on, on the books? Yeah. And he was like, all right, let's, let's meet. And um, I was just like, you know, like, I don't really think creative is my thing. And he's like, oh, okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he, he's like, I, I, I figured. <laughs> Um, but uh, I just I asked him, I was like, you know, like I understand, I understand like the creative process. Um, I'm interested in, you know, learning more about like the media side. We sit, I've sit, sat in meetings with like the media team and saw how they kind of, you know, asked different questions and had different objectives. So I was like, you know, I'm, I'm curious and like how all that works. And he was like, all right, cool. Um, I'll reach out to the, the director over there and I'll put a good word in for you and we'll see where it goes. Yeah. And I was like, all right, cool. <laughs> so, um, but then because, like, people saw me in the office, and I would say, I would literally just, hello, how are you? Like, we didn't work together, but I still made an attempt to, like, get to know them. Um, it was, like, a real easy kind of, like, all right, well, we like our personality, so we'll give her an internship over here. Yeah. So. Okay. Um, a lot of people who listen to the podcast are currently students, mm -hmm. um, and they're they're in the process of trying to, you know, find internships and find jobs. So I kind of want to stick to um, the subject of the your how you got started. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. So I take it that that internship in, in creative was at your first agency, which was Direct Partners. Direct Partners. Mm -hmm. um, so can you just, like, kind of talk about the process of how you um, found that internship and <laughs> how, how it went. Yeah, so um, while I was at Dominguez Hills, uh, like I'm sure everyone that went to Dominguez Hills knows, we have to have an internship to graduate. Um, but while I was at Dominguez Hills, I actually was part of PRSSA, and um, by accident, I became the president. <laughs> and so um, I took that, like, that responsibility very seriously because I feel like whenever like I'm a leader, like, I feel responsible for people's growth. So I was like, you know, I'm not just going to be here and we just do the same things over and over again. Like, I really want people to find value in this program. Um, so I spent a lot of time, like, reaching out to agencies um, to set up just uh, agency tours for our group. Mm -hmm. um, so Direct Partners was actually one of them. And uh, so we did, we went to their offices and, like, basically everyone came out and told us about the different departments, and then went back to work. Um, before I left, like, I got the CEO's business card. And so went back, didn't talk to anybody, just sent them a thank you note, like, thanks for having us, appreciate it. Um, then maybe a couple 
maybe like a month or two went by, I reached out again and said, hey, I'm curious if you're interested in coming in and speaking to our, to our class. Mm. Um, he was like, oh, I'd love to. I'm in that part of my life where I just really want to give back. <laughs> and I'm like, yes, perfect. So had him come in. He like talked to everybody um, that was in the group. And in that meeting, he said, we're actually hiring for an intern for account team. So if you're interested, let me know. Um, when he said that, in my heart, I really wanted to apply for it. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I was like, I think because I'm the president, if I applied, I would have got it. Yeah. You know, so I actually held back and didn't apply and let other people do it. So, like, you know, I wanted people in the organization to see that there was value. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, we only can do stuff if, I'm the, if you're the president. So yeah. I just kind of, like, stepped back and was like, whatever, let somebody else have it. Plus, I had a lot of other stuff going on, too. So um, so fast forward, like, maybe, I think it was, like, the last semester of my senior year. They are like, Raven, you still don't have your internship. What's going on? And I was like, damn it. <laughs> um, so I actually, like, ended up calling the guy, the CEO of Drug Partners. His name is actually Skip Reed, fantastic guy. Um, I sent him an email because I was, like, just, I was just so scared. Like, I don't like asking people for things. Um, so I was actually really scared to call him, but I was like, you got to do it, Raven. It's do or die. Like you're either going to fail or you're going to, or you're going to succeed. It's all up to you. Um, so I just called him. He didn't answer. So I left a voicemail and I was like, I'm glad you didn't answer the phone, <laughs> you know? So, um, then he ended up calling me back and, uh, I just told him like, yeah, you know, I'm just I'm looking for internship before I graduate. And, um, he was like, well, what do you want to do? And I was like, I think... I want to be in creative. Um, I really, I like to be completely honest, like, I just want to be exposed to different things. But I'm like, if you even have like a job where I sit at the front desk, check people in, go get coffee, empty trash, I don't care. <laughs> Whatever you have, like, I'll take it. Yeah. And he was like, all right, but you want to focus in creative? And I was like, yeah, yeah, I want to do creative. He was like, all right. A couple of weeks later, HR reaches out, and they're like, okay, we're, meet, we're you're doing a meeting with the creative director. I was like, oh, crap. Like, mm. I don't have a book. <laughs> I took, like, a class at, at, you know, Dominguez Hills. I was like, oh, I'm, not, like, so not prepared. So I, like, overdid my resume and tried to make it as creative as possible. Mm. But um, in, that, in that interview, we didn't even talk about my skills. We didn't talk about, you know, like, how I learned Photoshop, what my training was, like, what my idea was for the next commercial. Like, they didn't ask me any of those stuff. It was more just about seeing if we had, like, a, a good connection, if I was a good person, basically. And so, but I think because I had the relationship with the CEO, they're kind of like, all right, well, he wants her in, so <laughs> here she is, and there's not much they can do about it. <laughs> well, he could have said no if I, like, tanked, but um, I think they weren't really, like, interviewing me. It was just, like, a feeler test for the most part. So um, that's kind of, like, how I got my first internship. Okay. And at Direct Partners, what, what accounts were you working on there? Um, oh, that's a long time ago. <laughs> um, well, I think one of my favorite ones I worked on was actually the WWE Network. Um, so it was like the first time that they launched their um, streaming service. Um, so that was, that was a lot of fun. Um, we had like a lot of smaller accounts. Like there's a guy called like Howard Jarvis. He was like a politician. Uh, that was like direct mail. Um, mm. Then we also had some. We had some creative work for International Delights. Um, and I'm trying to think what other accounts we had. We had a couple of, of larger ones too, but I can't. I can't remember so, them right now. No yeah. worries. Okay, so you left Direct Partners and you went to Ogilvy, I believe. Yes. No, or is that the right order? Yep. 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 So you left Direct Partners, went to Ogilvy. Ogilvy's a I'm sure everyone knows David Ogilvy <laughs> at this point, if you're listening to this podcast. They're a huge agency. Um, you know, let's talk about that transition from going um, from direct partners to a big company like mm -hmm. Ogilvy. What, what was that experience like? Um, it was a little scary. Um, and the reason I say it was scary was because I felt like at my first agency, like, they all knew I was a student. And, like, you know, I was, like, like working my way up and learning and stuff. But I felt like once I took that second job, like, people are now hiring me because of my skill and experience. So I felt a little more, um, a little more anxiety about it. Um, 
And I remember when I when I moved, I actually doubled my salary. Um, and I remember talking to one of my the guys that I worked with at um, Direct Partners, and I told him like what they're offering. He no, he had told me like, oh, you know, they're not going to pay you that much more. And I was like, I'm just going to ask for it because if I mean, <laughs> all they can do is say no and tell me what they will pay me. And so I came back and told him, like, they actually, like, gave me more than I asked for. And he was like, what? <laughs> so he was kind of, like, taken back by it. So I was, like, super excited. But at the same time, I'm like, oh, crap. Well, if they're going to pay me to know things, like, I got to know things. <laughs> you know, like, there's, so I felt, like, a lot of pressure to, like, you know, show, like, I, I know what I'm talking about, yeah. you know. So, um, but... When I entered that role, like, they told me that I was, I, I went there because I thought I was going to be focused on search. Just going back a little bit to, like, I direct partners, um, I was kind of, like, a generalist. I was a, I was more of a generalist when I was at um, direct partners. And so I was like, you know what, I like search. I like having the control, like, doing everything. Like, I'm satisfied with this. I want to, like, grow my career. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I went to Ogilvy, I thought that's what I was going to be doing, focusing on search. But when I got there, they were like, oh, great. Welcome to the team. You're doing search. You're doing social. I taught myself how to do programmatic. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I was also doing display and all these, like, crazy billing things. So, um, I was still learning. <laughs> um, but I, enjoy, I, I think I enjoy chaos, like, yeah. a little bit. So, like, it was fine, but... Um, it was, it was, it was fun. Like the team, the account was a lot of fun. I, I learned, I learned a lot. Um, but again, like I wanted to focus on search. Um, so that's why I eventually left and, and went over to RPA because it was a very search specific role. Okay. When you say you taught yourself programmatic in these programs, did you teach yourself on the job or is this things that like you stayed up late at night trying to learn it um, or on the weekends? Both. Okay. <laughs> um, so there'd be times, like, I was on the job, and they'd be like, oh, hey, we need to launch this, uh, we need to launch this campaign. Um, can you launch it? And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> sure. I don't know what I'm doing, but, you know, f- figure it out. So um, I would go online, because programmatic at the time that we were, what we were using, it was, like, the Google service. So Google's really good about putting all the information online. So <laughs> I literally downloaded, like, a book, and I was like, all right, let me go through this. Mm-hmm. You know, but with digital media, there's lots of overlap. It's just what different um, channels do is a little bit different, but the way that it's done is the same. Like, the process is the same. So um, once you kind of understand, uh, like, what an impression is, you know, what uh, a click-through rate is, like, once you start understanding that, it's kind of really easy to, like, plug in plug in and connect all the different media channels. Um, so I would be at work. Sometimes I'd work till midnight, <laughs> you know. So uh, at that time I was on salary, so, like, there was no overtime. So I consider that just, like, you know, staying up late on my weekends, like, teaching myself. But, um, but yeah. Check, check. Okay. Check, check. Good? Yep. Okay. Okay, so what was the hiring process like at Ovi? Let me ah. ask that again. I slurred that word. <laughs> Drunk off kombucha. <laughs> okay, so when you leave Direct Partners and go to Ogilvy, um, what was that initial hiring process like? Were you recruited or was that an application? And what was the interview process like? Mm-hmm. Um, I was recruited. I'm going to be honest. Um, knock on wood. Um, but since I graduated from Dominguez Hills, I've never, like, actually applied for a job Mm. um i think because so uh, not social because search is very specific and it's not as sexy as all the other channels like i don't think there's as much competition just in the job field as a whole um so um i got recruited and then i knew i got the job like the day i interviewed i could just tell the manager liked me Mm. um before i left he had like a big smile on his face. Like, let me show you around the office. <laughs> you know, um, a part of me thinks like they were just really desperate to find someone to fill the position um, because you do get a lot. Um, I, I interview myself now, so like you do get a lot of people who are like super enthusiastic, but you know, like it's just it's just not there. Um, so I think because 
when I interviewed, like, actually knew what I was talking about. Um, they're kind of like, all right, let's just get her in. Like, we're, <laughs> we're done, and, you know. And, again, it's also, like, that chemistry match. So um, if you can, like, take people out of that interview and just, like, talk to them like, you know, like someone that you met on the street, um, or not the street, but, you know, at a mutual friend or something, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, it's, it's you're going to have a lot better of, a, of an interview than, like, if you're just strictly like this is my this is what I do at work this is why this is where I learned I did this I did that just having more of that like just a, gen- a general conversation so um, I think everyone thought I was knowledgeable they liked my personality and so literally I left and went home and had a, a an offer in my email wow so nice so you ended up staying at Ogilvy for a year and a half mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You, I mean yeah you leave Ogilvy and you go to RPA mm-hmm um, you stayed at RPA for two years as a search analyst. Mm-hmm. So the two roles very similar? Um, no. Okay. They are very different. And the reason I say they were different is because when I went to RPA, they actually gave me what I wanted, which was a search-specific role. Mm. <laughs> so um, I loved learning, <laughs> but one of the reasons I left Direct Partners to go to Ogilvy was so that I could be um, focused on search because I used to think that if you know a little bit of everything, like that makes you a stronger employee. Um, I think you need to understand everything, but when you're able to focus on one thing, that's when you really become an expert, and that's when you really um, become a value to a company. Um, I think learning how everything like connects together, that's more of like the higher level roles, but a lot of that is built up over time. I don't think, I think in the past I thought that I had to be that way in the beginning so that I could get to these like higher level roles. Um, but as I've been going through, like a lot of people are very focused. And I think being on both sides of the of the spectrum, like I learned so much more being focused on search versus trying to give a little 10% of myself to all these different channels. Yeah. Um, so yeah, RPA, I, in, in search specifically, I grew so much. And I started to really, really understand the value of search and like really fell in love with it. Yeah. So you left RPA and then you went to Saatchi, mm-hmm. in Saatchi, where we are now. Um, and you elevated your role to a uh, supervisor. Yay. Um, <laughs> so the question is like, you know, how, how has, you've, you've been able to be an intern, you were an assistant, a specialist, um, mid-level, and then you go up to Supervisor, and you've mm-hmm. you've kind of hit a lot of different levels very quick. Um, you know how how did how did your responsibilities change at the supervisor role? Mm-hmm. So at the supervisor role, I feel like my responsibility changed in just in terms of like managing, actually being really responsible for people's like professional growth. Mm-hmm. Um, at every level that I worked, I've always trained. Um, I trained interns, I trained this, like, when I, when I was an assistant, I trained interns. When I became a planner, I trained assistants. Um, so it's like I've always been training, so I don't think becoming a supervisor was, like, super hard mm-hmm. for me. Um, but I do think that because now it's, like, it's part of my job to make sure that people are getting what they need, um, I think that ch- changed a little bit just to maybe be more thoughtful. Um, about also about how I communicate because before it's kind of like oh like I'm, I'm I'm kind of doing my job it's just me like if you learn you learn if you don't you don't yeah. <laughs> it's not my responsibility I'm doing this basically as a favor to the company um, but once you're a supervisor it's like the people that you supervise it's, it's not just delegating it's not just saying hey like this is what you need to do what are you working on but to me being a supervisor means like these people are kind of dependent on you to make sure that they're growing and, and that they're, you know, getting something out of this job and also giving um, giving something back to the job, too. Um, let's see what else. Yeah. Also, being a supervisor, I had to kind of do a lot of more self-reflection because uh, I'm very sarcastic. Mm. <laughs> um, so... And you know, I I'm I kind of do things how I want to do them. But when you're when you start moving up, like people are watching you, and people are like, well, if she's doing that, then I can do that. And you know, so it's like your the responsibility starts to boil up to you. So 
if things don't work out a certain way or someone says like, oh, you know, you, someone makes a comment like, oh, you know, you came in at 11. And they'll be like, oh, well, Raven comes in at 1030 every day. Mm. So they think because I do it, they can do it. But mm. they don't know that I stayed last night till 10 p.m. working on a budget exercise, mm -hmm. you know. So um, when you're in those more supervisor and leadership roles, you have to remember that people are always watching you yeah. and they're mimicking you. So it's like you're like responsible. One thing that's cool that I think about your when I see your resume and the places you've been is you've, you've worked at, you know, the, the big companies like mm -hmm. Olovi and Sachi who are owned by holding companies. And then you've also worked at RPA, which is an independent mm -hmm. company. Um, can you just speak a little bit about, you know, the difference between working for a holding company or mm -hmm. a, a big agency worldwide and being um, with an independent company like RPA? Mm -hmm. um, that's a good question. <laughs> Um, I would say personally, like right now, I, I enjoy Saatchi because I feel like it's owned by a holding company, but I feel like it's still kind of private in a way. It's hard to describe. Um, but so if, as an example, like if I use like Ogilvy versus RPA, um, with Ogilvy, because it was a holding company, like when it comes to like raises or talking to someone in HR, it was always like, oh, you have to email this person, you have to email that person, and then it would take like an, a month or two for, for you to get a response, and, and it's like, oh, am I getting a raise? And someone's like, yeah, you're getting one, but then they come back and say, oh, actually, we only give raises during this period of time, but you missed it, sorry. <laughs> you know, um, so that was kind of like a, a big difference. Um, and then also you have different satellite offices, so it's like everything always kind of felt disjointed a little bit. Yeah. Um, we were still all able, obviously able to get the work done, but just in terms of like the culture, um, everything was very kind of like disjointed. Um, when I went to RPA, it's privately owned. They had a, I think they have a couple of satellite offices, yeah. but a majority of everything happened at RPA. Like that was like the hub. They had the HR. Like they're if you didn't check in with him after three months, you know, Laura's sending you an email, like, how's everything going? You want to grab coffee? You know, so it felt like there was a lot more of a connection amongst, like, the people to me at RPA. Yeah. Okay. Um, so you've moved around the industry a little bit. Um, and, you know, you said you've trained people and you, you've been around to see a lot of probably, like, interns and entry-level people come in. Mm -hmm. um, you've probably reviewed some resumes in your time, too. What type of things do you look for when you're, you know, um, vetting a candidate mm -hmm. in terms of their resume? Um, when it comes to resumes, um, I go through them. I look for spelling errors. <laughs> mm. um, I look for like things that I that to me look inauthentic, like you copy and pasted it from somewhere. Because um, I'm not saying that you can't copy and paste. I actually like think when you're doing an, uh, a resume, you should download the do job description and make your resume match it. But making it match doesn't mean copy and pasting. But it's like, in this role, um, I want to describe a time where I did this. Yeah. So that when I look at your resume, like in my head, I'm thinking, okay, this is what, these are the skills you want people to have. I don't need to see that reflected in your resume and your experience. Yeah. Um, like for instance, there was a guy that we interviewed, he was He's kind of like a self-starter, so he did like his own search, had his own clients and stuff, but prior to that, he was in the military. And so, but he included his military experience in his, uh, in his resume. But what he did was, he looked at the job description, and he said, I did this in this way in the military. So I was mm. like, ah. I was like, that's, that's great. You know, because at first, I think someone on our team wanted to pass on him because they were like, oh, you know, he doesn't have like, as much uh, experience, but I'm like, he doesn't have search experience, but you could, he could always teach people how to do search. You can teach people how to like work Excel, but like there's these like soft skills that you, that are harder to teach people. And I think because he was in the military, he would have like the experience that he had like supervising groups. Um, that means you know how to work with people. Like he's probably works on a schedule. So he knows how to get things done pretty quickly. Um, so I saw that, and I was like, those are the qualities that we like. 
and he was able to reflect that in his resume even though it wasn't directly applicable to search or mm -hmm. advertising. Mm -hmm. So, but I, I could tell by the way he did his resume that he looked at the job description. He wasn't just like printing out like one thing and just sending it out to multiple people. Yeah. Like he made it very specific to what we were looking for. What about cover letters? Are you one of those that reads the cover letter or do you just disregard it? Um, I don't really get cover letters. Um, it's like, more an HR <laughs> thing. It's, I think the HR does. Like, um, they'll pass it along if you send it, but I don't think I've ever personally docked anybody for not giving me a cover letter. Okay. I will say that follow-up notes are big. Mm -hmm. um, just sending like a thank you. Like, it doesn't have to be something long and drawn out, but like after you interview with someone, um, sending a follow-up note saying, hey, thanks for the time today, appreciate it. Um, you don't have to. You don't have to say like, let me know if when you're going to hire me. Like, you don't have to badger them. Like, just literally saying thank you for your time. Um, even if they don't respond, they read it, and that's going to leave an impression. Um, and I'm going to give a little insight. The reason that it's important um, is because when you're dealing with clients, that's important. <laughs> mm -hmm. Sending follow-up emails. Mm -hmm. If there's any like things that you guys were talking about, like in your interview. And it's like, oh yeah, I'm like, I'm reading this book right now, and they say, oh yeah, I'm interested in that. You can follow up and say, oh, here's that link to that book we discussed. You know, that just shows that you're going to take the initiative and you're going to send that follow up, um, and that that's a quality that we look for when we're hiring. Okay. Good. Okay. So let's let's talk about um, in terms of your current role here at Sachi. Um, how is the, your paid search department, um, our team, structured? Like, mm -hmm. how many of you guys are there? What are the positions? Mm -hmm. So here at Saatchi, it's a little interesting because because we're uh, owned by a holding company. Um, we have another team that we work with called Performix. They're based in Santa Monica, and they handle a lot of the implementation. And when I say implementation, like they build out the campaigns, they make sure everything's tagged properly, um, they upload the keywords into the system. Um, and kind of like report out and monitor and, and optimize. So um, what we do here at Saatchi, our team, we're more strategy focused and, and client focused. So um, we, and we also we, we write the ad copy to make sure that it like aligns with the brand messaging and everything like that. So um, that's kind of like an interesting thing here. And mo like when I was at RPA, like the search team did everything. Yeah. We did the implementation, we did the strategy and the client communication, um, but here it's kind of broken out that way. And that's just because of like the, the Publicis holding company um, thing. But um, so our team here at Saatchi, we have, um, we have search strategists. Um, and for those roles, we really want people to have worked with search before mm -hmm. um, because Understanding the implementation and the setup and the back end um, actually it helps you understand how search works so that you can make good strategies. Um, so when we're looking for those strategist roles, like we're looking for people who basically have had some type of knowledge of search in, in, their pa in a past role. Um, but a lot of times, like if you were to go to RPA, like we, uh, we worked with a, a girl and she had a master's degree in fine arts mm. <laughs> and she joined the paint search team, <laughs> you know, but she, she wowed our, she wowed our boss because um, she did research, she was stalking people online and like, so she, she knew, she knew her stuff, yeah. um, but no actual experience. So, um, but for Saatchi, um, just because of the way we're broken out. When we are doing the filling those strategist roles, we definitely want someone who knows um, how AdWords works on the back end. Um, then after that, we have supervisors, which is me, and I think we're gonna, we're looking for one more supervisor. Um, and um, and then above that, we have like an associate search director, um, and that person kind of is more of the the thought leadership of the team. Um, and then. Basically, the way it goes is like the the associate director has like the the what word did I just use? Where am I going to say this again? Um, thought leadership. So he kind of like leads leads the strategy, and then kind of like delegates to the supervisors to say like, hey, I need you guys to work on this, and then it's up to us to work with the strategist to kind of like, you know, pull everything together. Um, and the associate director is also like. 
like a support role for us and to say like, hey, um, what do you guys need from me um, and stuff like that. So, um, and then after that, what we're, we're hiring also for right now is like a, a director. Um, and the director is just that person who's been in the industry for a while. They really understand the business um, and they're kind of like the, the, like the main contacts to the Toyota team. Mm-hmm. Um, because within Toyota and, and most clients, there's like different levels. So it's like someone who's a supervisor or a planner, like you're not gonna talk to the CEO of Toyota. <laughs> you know, it's so like that director positions, that senior, senior person on the team that like oversees search. And then our search team plugs into the digital media team. Yeah. Um, what have you found to be like the, the most difficult part of, of being a part of search? Or the most difficult part of your job? Mm-hmm. Um, I would say the most difficult part is simplifying things Mm. Um, because in search and even in digital media like it's very technical and so it's like you're we call it being in the weeds (laughs) so you're in there talking about like CPCs and CTRs and like this ad group and that ad group and then you go talk to the clients and they're like huh (laughs) (laughs) you know because on their end like this is just a, a, a portion of their day. Like they, they hire agencies to execute all their media and everything. Um, and so, and they have their day full of other things. And so it's like, when you have that time with them, you have to be able to take these really complex ideas and strategies and know how to like say it really simply so that they can understand it, digest it, and make a decision pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, so I think that's probably like the most difficult part because again, it's when you're dealing with people, everyone's different. The way people like information's different. The way people understand is different. Um, and it's always just finding that balance of like giving enough information without giving too much information. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, the reverse of that. Like w- what's the most rewarding part? What what keeps you motivated and going? Um, I think what keeps me motivated with search is it's just like, it's just connected. <laughs> like, what do you mean? Um, I don't know, like everything is just, search can just plug into everything. Like you have social, um, you know, social is not like a lower funnel thing because like we, we have this thing called push and pull. Mm-hmm. Um, push is like when you're trying to like force someone to ingest a message. Um, and pull is kind of like they're already here and you're kind of like just like pulling them in. Mm-hmm. Um, so like with search, we're pulling people in. So it's like mm-hmm. search is almost like the payoff of all the media because all this media is running. You see a TV, a TV spot and then someone goes and does a Google search you know Mm. and so we get to show up and like we get to pull that person and connect them to the site um also with search because it's so um it's a very important channel for most businesses um we work really closely with those with those teams even at like lower levels and we really get to understand like the the whatever business you work on so i literally could take search if I wanted to go into entertainment, if I wanted to go into like uh, consumer goods and stuff like that, I could take search and go into any like any ch- any um, vertical I wanted. Um, so there's like this sense of job security that I have mm-hmm. <laughs> with search too, um, and then just being able to learn about business because I didn't go to like business school. I don't have like my master's degree in business or anything like that. Um, but working with people who do, it's like I get to learn about like these different things about business that they have to worry about, you know? So I think that's a lot of fun and very rewarding. Um, and then working, we work, we work with Google a lot and Google kind of like, they run a lot of stuff, (laughs) you know, it's Google, right? Yeah, they're pretty famous. I've heard of them. mm -hmm. (laughs) Have you? (laughs) So like being able to work with them, like is really cool because they have like this, really cool view of everything like to just see everything at like a aerial view and you know there's video that you could you can go into and like all everything that happens in in advertising you get to see its payoff in search yeah so So, um yeah you just mentioned that you know you don't have a master's degree or you didn't 
you know, study business, but one thing that you did do is after you graduated, you went to UCLA and got a certificate in project management, I believe. Mm -hmm. um, what was the strategy behind that, or what was the reason <laughs> behind that? And, yeah. <laughs> so the reason I did that is because I worked on a team, um, and that was when I was doing my internship over at Direct Partners, and I realized a lot of times we made mistakes is because there was, like, no one really owning the process of the project. So everyone's kind of like, this is my project, this is my project, and so everyone just like had a piece of it, mm. and there was like no centralized person that's like trying to get everything together, so everything's uniform and just kind of like works together. So I was like, you know what, my team needs this, <laughs> so I'm gonna go learn to like how you, how you look at project planning, you know, so, um, and then also like, I like doing events, like putting events together. Um, like even if it's like a birthday. <laughs> I, I just like the idea of like, okay, this is what's going on. Like let's have it all get together at the very end. Um, and so I noticed that I started doing that for my team like anyways, because everyone's like, oh, I'm doing my own thing. But I'm like, okay, wait, you need to talk to this person because they have a piece of information that you don't know because you can't go to the client and say different things. <laughs> so it's like with, with the project management, it was like learning how to like set timelines and deadlines and then just making sure there's like check-in points um, because it's really easy to kind of just like get in your own world and just like work in a silo. Yeah. Um, so if we can actually rewind a bit, I want to talk a little bit about, you know, doing things like going to get a certificate in something or doing things like you did in school where you were the president of PRSSA. Mm -hmm. Like how important do you think it is for people to, um, you know, seek knowledge outside of the classroom mm -hmm. and, you know, just um, work on their craft? And mm -hmm. like how, how does that um, dictate how you look at a resume if someone is doing that? Mm -hmm. um, it's great if you have interest outside of like advertising um, because it makes you more well-rounded, like, in general. Um, one thing that I learned, like, a long time ago, um, I, was, I forgot, I think it was I was reading a book or listening to a, some, a podcast or, or something, but um, there was a CEO, and he had said, I don't hire people because of their experience. I hire people because of their perspective. Mm -hmm. And because everyone has, like, their own view, because they, everyone has their own experiences, so it's like you're gonna come into, like if you have a, a problem, if you had a different experience than someone else, you're gonna look at how to solve that problem differently. Mm -hmm. And not only one person has the answer, like there's always multiple ways to solve a problem. Um, so the more things that you're attached to, that gives you different perspectives. Yeah. Um, so I think that you just maintaining like some something that makes you happy too, um, something that you enjoy, like having that in your back pocket is going to help keep you balanced, A, but it's also going to like somehow come into your work and someone's going to be like, oh, that's a very interesting perspective, like let's go with it, yeah. you know. So. Um, so for the person who's not in an agency now and they're now going to listen to this and they're going to be interested in paid search and they want to learn about it, but they're not interning or working, um, mm -hmm. are there any resources that you recommend as far as like podcasts or books mm -hmm. to some are to some degree of like how people can um, get a, a, a head start on mm -hmm. a future in paid search? Mm -hmm. um, yeah, there's this um, this website that I use um, on a pretty daily basis is a search engine journal. Is that what it's called? I have like bookmarked, but <laughs> <laughs> um, I think it's called, what is it? I don't know if I can't remember the name. I literally look at it every day. You, you can scrap this from the record, <laughs> by the way. <laughs> All right. um, search engine land. There we go. Okay, right. so can we can we do that? Yeah, that I'll, I'll edit okay. it. All right, so yeah, it's called search engine land, um, and basically, like anything new that happens with search, it's on there, and it, it's like people who's been in the industry, they give their POV on it. Um, sometimes, if there's like a new tool or feature that comes out, like they'll actually show you on on their article like how to do it um, and tell you like when it's good to use it and how to strategize with it. Um, so we use that a lot, but internally too. Okay. Um, earlier in the intro I mentioned that, um, you know, I met you at a Threes, crowd, threes a crowd meeting. Um, can you explain kind of what Threes a crowd is to uh, people who actually are in the industry and looking for some type of community to be a part of? Mm -hmm. um, like what, what is Threes a crowd? What's the aim and, you know, exactly do you guys do? Um, 
So, excuse me. Um, what really interested me about Three is a Crowd comes from the fact that um, the in the advertising industry is getting a lot better at this, but there is still um, a bit of a, a diversity problem in my in my opinion. Um, so in most of the jobs that I worked with and that, that I worked in, like I was probably like the only black person on the team. <laughs> you know, like there are like I feel like there's a lot of African Americans that work in advertising, but when it comes to the media side of things, like I never really saw a lot of a lot of us. So like I would go to these events and it's like I always felt out of place. Mm -hmm. Like I don't have a problem with, you know, people of other races, but it's just very awkward when you're the only person in the room that looks like you mm -hmm. um, especially when it comes to like leadership roles like because you want to like look up to people that kind of look like you to kind of envision your your path um, so three is a crowd the reason it was so beautiful to me is like you literally saw people at all levels across all these different verticals all in the same room and I was like wow I didn't know there's this many of us here <laughs> I felt like I was the only one all the time so um, being a part of that community was uh, very fulfilling um, because it's like I see people that look like me being successful it's not just me I'm not by myself like you know so yeah, yeah. shout out to um, Raven oh, I'm <laughs> <Rihanna>. sorry Rihanna <laughs> hey <it>. girl <laughs> <laughs> um, so Knowing all that you know now with all your years of experiences at all these different agencies, um, if you could go back and tell your college self some advice before this all started, before your career actually took mm -hmm. off, um, you know, what would you tell yourself? Um, hmm. I hope this doesn't come out cocky, but I would go back and tell myself, like, you're doing the right thing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I Were you unsure at the time? Um... I don't think I was unsure, but I was very stressed out because I, I was doing too much. Mm. And I'm like, do I need to do all of this? Like when I was at Dominguez Hills, like I was like, I was the president. Um, but at the, at the time, like a lot of the, the board members were like, oh, I'm busy. Like I have a final, I can't come. So I really felt like I was kind of like doing a lot of it by myself. And so like I was doing that. Um, I ended up starting my internship um, and it was full time. Um, and then I also had like my full like school workload. I also um, did like the uh, did the communications banquet mm -hmm. um, and trying to get all that together. Um, so I, I had like a lot on my plate. So there was like I had time where I had like a breakdown <laughs> and I was like, I don't know why I'm doing all this. And <laughs> so I would just like go back to myself and be like, it's worth it. Just, you know. Just, just let it be. Just, just keep going. Yeah. Um, so, any advice for uh, recent grads or people who are going to be graduating, um, trying to approach the the job market or looking for a job? Like any just basic advice that people should know? Mm -hmm. um, I would say, make sure your LinkedIn is up to date, because um, I feel like in the advertising industry, um, people will reach out to you on LinkedIn. Make sure you check it, you log in. Um, literally every job that I've gotten so far has been from LinkedIn and someone reaching out. Um, so that's like one thing. Um, another thing is don't be afraid. Um, I feel like sometimes, like when I was a student, I'd be like, oh, you know, these people are so busy. Like, you know, they're doing advertising, they're doing these great things. Like, they're so busy, I don't wanna bother them. Um, but. Sometimes you gotta bother people. <laughs> but again, there's there's a balance. <laughs> um, you know, send those emails. Hey, how are you? I wanna grab, uh, would you mind grabbing coffee? Half the time, people will. Like, if someone was to go in my inbox right now today and be like, hey, Raven, I'm interested in paid search. Um, do you wanna meet for coffee? I'm gonna make time because you took that step to put yourself out there and I'm gonna return that. Um, I guess I can't speak for everybody, because um, some people are super busy, but I think seeing that, like people are like, wow, like that took a lot of guts for you to, to reach out, like, as long as you don't sound kind of like creepy. Yeah. You know? But if someone doesn't respond after two messages, just kind of let it go. <laughs> yeah. um, so that, don't be afraid, keep your LinkedIn up to date, and do your best 
to really value your relationships with people. Um, I will say the industry is very small. Um, it seems big, but literally, like, I think people switch. As you guys can see, I've been to, like, maybe three different agencies in the last, like, five years. So it's, like, people kind of move around in, in the agency world a lot, and it's, like, it's not frowned upon. Um, but you have to remember that you're probably going to see the people that you work with today sometime in the future. Mm -hmm. And they might be the person who's hiring. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, so you have to just keep that in mind. Like, obviously, be yourself, be authentic, but then also just be aware that these people are likely to cross your path again. Especially, like, with LinkedIn, it shows who you're connected to. So I've had instances where... I applied for a job and then someone would send me a note and be like, hey, heard you're applying to so-and-so. Like, I just told them that you're great, um, so they're going to probably have you in for an interview. You know, so it's like people are looking at your connections and then they're going to go ask about you to the person who knows you, right? Yeah. So if that person didn't like me <laughs> because, like, I smelled bad or something, <laughs> you know, that's going to cloud her judgment and say, like, oh, yeah, like, she's all right. <laughs> But because, like, when I met her, it was, like, a genuine interaction. Like, I went to school with her, too. Um, but because it was a genuine interaction and she saw me, like, hustling and working, um, she gave me, like, a thumbs up. Mm -hmm. You know, but I could have easily been like, oh, I don't really like her. Like, she used to leave work early all the time. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, she, like, she was good, but she had, like, she was a little unstable. <laughs> like, people notice those things. And when someone asks them about you, like, they're going to tell them. So you just keep in mind that it's a small industry people move around a lot and so just try not to burn bridges even when you're like upset so okay i think you just answered this question but what's the best way for listeners to get in touch with you if they want to set up that coffee <laughs> <laughs> um linkedin's good i literally check it at least once a week um i will say though you can send me a message but I will not add you as my friend until I know you. <laughs> well, not a friend. I don't know what they call it on LinkedIn, but um, if I've connection. never... Yeah, connection. There you go. Because, again, like I mentioned, people, if you're connected on LinkedIn, people will ask me about you. Mm. And if I don't know anything about you, I'm not going to say anything about you. <laughs> and they're going to, you know what I mean? So um, I want to be able to say positive things about you if I, if there's positive things to say about you. If I, but if I don't know anything, I can't say anything positive. So, yeah. But I, I, I look at my DMs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so slide in her DMs if you want to. <laughs> um, Raven Manning, thank you so much. No problem. Thank you. Thank you. That's great. Right. <laughs> What's up, everybody? Before we go, if you want to hear and learn more about the ad industry, make sure you check out our other episodes in the podcast. If you're interested in being a guest, you can email academicspodcast at gmail.com. And thank you for listening. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast. Feel free to like, leave a review, post it on any and all social channels. You can find us on LinkedIn and Instagram at academics, or you can find me personally at Justin D. Barnett. I'm Justin D. Barnett, and you've been listening to the Academics Podcast.